Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating explicit. Chapter 15. Scully did have to wonder how it was that a dark basement office with pictures of aliens on the walls was one of her few remaining things in her life that made sense to her. How her own face came to blend with the freakish landscape of mutated frogs, spectral photographs, and triangular hats. But after four years with Mulder, her barometer of normal now spun crazily like a compass on a magnet and she felt a sense of peace in her shadowed corner of the office that her cozy couch at home could not give. So she kept working, promising herself just one more day, until the next day arrived, and she made her vow all over again. Mulder buzzed around her, up and down from his chair, taking phone calls and pencil pot shots at the ceiling in equal measure. She waited for him to tell her what was going on, but instead, he made an abrupt exit shortly before noon. I've got to go see someone for a little bit, he announced, grabbing his jacket from the back of his chair. Her eyebrows lifted in silent question. Please don't let this be like the trip to Providence, she thought. She did not have the strength left to save him from himself another time. Mulder must have sensed her worry because he stopped to give her a crooked smile. It's okay, Scully. I'm just headed to America University. I'll be back in a couple hours. Again? That's the second time you've been over there this week. Are you in some sort of part-time degree program now, Mulder? Just boning up on my geology, he called over his shoulder as he left. See you later. Scully shook her head and returned to the article she was reading. Mulder hadn't been gone ten minutes when there was a soft rap on the door. Hello, a woman's voice called. Yes, Scully stood from her chair as Miranda Westfall peered around the doorframe. Oh, hello, she said when she saw Scully. I wasn't sure anyone was down here. No, I'm here, Scully said. Not gone yet, she added mentally. If you're looking for Mulder, though, you've just missed him. I did. Miranda's dark brows knitted together. We were supposed to have lunch today. She checked her watch. It is Tuesday, isn't it? All day. Scully walked around the front of her table. Could he have gotten the time wrong? No, I'm pretty sure we agreed on noon. I guess he must have forgotten. Scully dropped her chin in a small nod. That happens sometimes. She said with the world-weary tone of an old general breaking in the new recruits. She did not add, better get used to it. He's been on the phone most of the morning. I guess there was something he needed to follow up on that just couldn't wait. Well... Fooey on him, Miranda said, her southern accent creeping in, just a tad more than usual. She shrugged and then flashed Scully a smile. It'll have to be just us girls then, won't it? Scully stiffened. Excuse me? For lunch, Miranda said. It can be my treat. Scully's mouth opened as she struggled to come up with some words. Food and forced company were the last thing she wanted. I, that's really nice of you. But I have so much work here, and you've got to eat, right? Miranda jerked her head at the door. Come on, we'll go someplace close by, and you'll be back in no time. No, really, I couldn't. Just for a little while. 
It's beautiful outside. Miranda looked around at the dreary basement in silent, judgmental contrast. You should get out and enjoy it while you can. Scully sucked in a sharp breath that Miranda must have heard because her face instantly melted to apology. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that the way it sounded. It's just such a gorgeous spring day outside, and we don't get too many of those before the summer heat sets in, and, you know, I hate to eat alone, so I just thought she trailed off. Now I'm babbling. She gave Scully an embarrassed smile. This floor doesn't open up and swallow people, does it? Because now would be a good time for such a mechanism to appear. Scully took a deep breath and returned the smile. It's okay, really. She looked at the gray light streaming in through the clouded basement windows. You're right. It is a lovely day outside. So you'll come. Scully hesitated. You owe me, Mulder, she thought. Yes, I'll come. They walked to the same sandwich shop where she first relayed the story of the magic pickle. Miranda bought them both chicken salad clubs, which came on plates stacked high with chips and colored toothpicks peeking out at the top. As she watched the other woman open wide to take the first bite, Scully knew she'd be doing well to finish half the food in front of her. Gamely, she took up half a sandwich. So, how is the teaching going? she asked. Miranda, her mouth full, rolled her eyes. It's exhausting right now, she said when she had swallowed. Finals are coming up, so I'm swamped with students in my office every minute that I'm there. It sounds like a lot of work, Scully agreed. It is, but I love it. I was one of those geeks who always loved school. Each year, I had my pencils all sharpened and my outfit picked out two weeks before the first day rolled around. I thought if I could find a way to stay in school forever— I could be truly happy, she smiled. So that's what I did. Scully lowered her sandwich from her mouth in a gesture of some surprise. I was the same way, she said. I couldn't wait to get back. After a long summer of chasing after her brothers, always begging to be included and enduring constant reminders that she just wasn't quite up to their snuff, she relished the chance to dive back into the school books. So much to know, so little time. And there was the added bonus that no one, not her schoolmates, not her siblings, was able to master the information quite as well as she did. She tried to adjust her image, a pretty, slightly flaky Miranda, into someone more like herself. Miranda caught her squinting. What? Do I have something in my teeth? She asked. Eyes wide. Scully smiled and shook her head. No, I was just thinking. Miranda plucked the pickle off her plate and extended it to Scully. Mulder said you're a fan. I certainly won't eat it. Thanks, but I have all I can handle right here. I'll be taking half with me as it is. Yeah. Miranda grew less animated. How are you feeling? The knot in Scully's stomach tightened again. No one seemed to understand her reluctance to answer that question. For months now, she had suffered nearly every physical invasion known to man as the doctors tried to treat her illness. They stripped her for weighing, for inspection. They poked her and prodded her at will, injected her with strange dyes, scanned her with noisy machines. And just as her medical warriors attacked her from without, the cancer ate away at her from within. Her body was caught in a tug-of-war, but her feelings were still her own, untouched and private. As kind as Miranda seemed, she was still just an acquaintance, Mulder's friend 
if Scully were to classify her at all. She looked across at Miranda, assessing her anew. Being Mulder's friend over the long haul would take some work, but she wasn't sure what to think of this new, untested prototype. Scully cleared her throat and took a sip of water. I'm managing all right. Thanks. Her biggest worry these days was Mulder, for he was an independent variable, and she couldn't cram into the equation. Sometimes, she thought it was silly to be so concerned. The man had managed 30 years on his own without her help. Surely he would carry on just as well if she were not around. But then, he would do something astonishingly foolish, like drilling holes in his head, and she would have nightmares of Mulder self-destructing at her grave. Or perhaps he would just disappear into the haze like a balloon that lost its tether. A colorful little dot that became smaller and smaller until no one saw it or remembered it anymore. She wasn't going to round up reserves and make them swear to take care of him. Selfishly, perhaps even foolishly, she hoarded that job for herself. No one nearby seemed able to do it half as well. Miranda lacked depth. Skinner had too many pots to stir already. Would he really be able to jump in every time Mulder's fervor threatened to boil? And deep down, she had to think, as long as she was necessary, she had to remain here to follow through. I hope you don't think I'm overstepping, Miranda began, and Scully froze. Just those few words already crossed her comfort line. Fox mentioned you were still looking at treatment options. Looking for treatment options was more like it. Dr. Alton's resources seemed pretty much exhausted. Scully said nothing. Anyway, I have a name for you if you're interested. Ron Zuckerman. He works over at Trinity Hospital. My mom talked to him a couple of years ago, and he had some useful things to say. Scully tried to recall if Miranda had said whether her mother had survived or not. What kind of treatment does he offer? He does clinical trials with new cancer drugs, so there's no kind of guarantee. I'm not sure if he specializes in just breast cancer or not, but I'm sure he could put you in contact with someone else over there if need be. You say his name is Zuckerman? Miranda nodded, and Scully sighed. Okay, thanks. I'll ask my doctors about it. One more box to check off, she thought. One more door to close. Her lights were on, so Mulder let himself inside her apartment. Some classical piece was playing on the stereo in the living room, but there was no sign of Scully. Scully, he called as he stripped off his suit coat and tossed it on her couch. You here? No answer. Mulder tugged at his tie and walked towards the kitchen. A pink mug set by the sink, along with a small plate bearing toast crumbs. Mulder rinsed them both and put them in the dishwasher, and then opened the refrigerator door. He selected the nearest juice container and drained it straight from the waxy cardboard lips. Tossing the empty box in the garbage, he wandered back towards the bedroom. Scully. The covers were pulled down and rumpled, but Scully wasn't in the room. He checked and found the bathroom door closed. No noise came from within. Knocking gently, he called her name a third time. Scully, it's me. When again he received no reply, he frowned, and rapped on the door a bit louder. Scully, are you all right? Answer me. He tried the handle and it turned, so he pushed into the room. Scully? She lay naked and still in the tub unmoving. Her lips were blue. Jesus, he muttered, crossing to her. Scully. He plunged his hands into the tepid water and grabbed her skinny arms. Scully! 
Her eyes opened at his touch, her lips parting on a gasp as she blinked at him with confusion. Mulder. His heart sank to his shoes and his arms went weak with relief. You're okay, he told her happily, rubbing his hands from her shoulders to her elbows. I must have fallen asleep. As if for emphasis, she yawned. Her teeth chattered as her jaws came back together. What are you doing here? Getting you out, he said, helping her to sit up. This water is freezing. She stood, still in the tub, and allowed him to wrap her in an enormous blue towel. He seemed large and clumsy as he dried her small form, but Scully didn't mind. She stood still as he patted and rubbed, then tucked the ends of the towel around her. He kissed her forehead as she leaned into him. You're all right, he asked, sweeping his hands down her back. She nodded. Just really tired. Then let's find the bed. He lifted her free and clear of the tub, but did not set her down on the cold tile floor. She wiggled as he marched towards the bedroom. Mulder, I can walk. Yeah, but see, we're here already. Argument avoided. He lowered her carefully down onto the bed, and she turned to burrow into the covers. Pajamas, he asked, looking around the room for them. She shook her head against the pillow. Not tonight. She looked up at him with sleepy eyes. You ditched me again today. He felt a twinge of guilt at leaving her out of the loop, but he didn't want to say anything out loud until he was sure. Yeah, I'll explain about that soon. It's kind of complicated to get into right now. Scully's eyes drifted shut, and she made a small humming noise as she curled deeper under the covers. A jolt of affection gripped him so strongly, he felt his heart squeeze. He tucked the comforter up around her shoulders and then reached to turn off the light. Stripping down to his boxers and t-shirt, he climbed in next to her. She inched closer to him, and he turned on his side, so they faced one another in the cave of covers. His hand grazed her bare knee, where it stuck out from the hem of the towel. Are you warm enough, he whispered. Lying like this, with so little between them, it was hard to deny how thin she'd become. He stroked her soft, damp skin. Mm. Her eyes opened again. You stood up Miranda today, too. He winced. Shit. Totally slipped my mind. So I gathered. I had lunch with her instead. You did? He squeezed her knee. Thanks, Scully. You saved my ass. Again, she nodded sleepily. Again, he agreed, his voice still tender. Actually, it turned out to be a useful meal, she said. She gave me the name of a doctor doing some clinical trials at Trinity Hospital, and I made some calls this afternoon. He might be able to work me into a study he's doing now. Scully, that's great. He reached up and stroked her cheek with his thumb. Really great. It's a long shot, she murmured, her eyes sliding closed again. But it's a shot. It sure is. Such a thin thread of hope she was offering, almost invisible, but he had always been good at seeing things that weren't there. He grabbed the golden line with both hands and reeled her in, tucking her into his arms and holding her close. She nuzzled his breastbone and slipped an arm around his ribs. In answer, he rested his chin atop her curling hair, which was scented and still wet from her bath. Her breathing evened into a deep sleep, but Mulder remained awake for a long time, wired and reeling. First proof of his life's work, tantalizing close after so many years. Now, a possible cure for Scully's illness. 
He could hardly contain both ideas in his brain at one time. It seemed impossible, amazing, wondrous. He always knew he should be waiting for the other shoe to drop. It always did. But in the quiet night with Scully wrapped around him, Mulder let himself believe. I'm so glad you could come tonight, honey. Scully paused from slicing carrots from the salad and smiled at her mother. I am too. It'll be nice to see Bill again. Oh, and he's looking forward to seeing you. He said so when I talked to him last week. He's got some exciting news to share. Scully looked up again. What? It's best for Bill to say. But her mother was glowing. Scully wondered if her brother could have been transferred again, somewhere closer to home. The thought made her twitch. Bill was fine in small doses once a year. It'd be quite another thing to have him in the same city, breathing disapproval down her neck at every turn. Is he moving here, she asked. Her mother just continued her secret smile. He'll be here soon enough. I'm sure he'll tell you then. Scully slid the carrots from the cutting board into the salad bowl in a rain of orange confetti. I, I have some news too, she said, not meeting her mother's eyes. Oh, I've enrolled in a clinical study at Trinity Hospital. A man named Zuckerman has a program underway to evaluate a potential new treatment. The drug has shown some success in shrinking tumors in animal studies, and they're just now starting the testing in humans. Her mother wiped her hands on a dish towel and walked over to Scully. Just now testing in humans? Is that safe, Dana? They think it should be reasonably safe. There will be side effects, of course, but I've already been through that, so I don't see how this would be any different. Her mother frowned. I don't know, sweetie. It sounds awfully risky. Scully sighed and looked directly at her mother. Mom, she said softly. Risky is all I have. Dr. Alton has nothing else to offer me. It's this or nothing. Mrs. Scully's mouth tightened as her eyes grew wet. Don't say that. But it's the truth. She reached out and took her mother's hand. At least this way, there's still a chance, right? Her mother didn't answer, so Scully squeezed her hands. Right? Right. Her mother pulled her hands free and wrapped her arms around Scully. You're in my prayers, she said into her hair as she rocked her back and forth. Every night. I know. Scully returned the hug, breathing in the familiar rose and aloe scent of her mother's skin. Her mother sniffed and drew back. When do you start the new treatment? I'm supposed to check into the hospital on Thursday morning. Mrs. Scully forced a smile. I'll be there. The doorbell rang then, breaking the moment, and Scully patted her mother's arm. I'll get it. Six doorbells and half an hour later, Bill arrived in full-dress uniform. He grinned at her, and Scully was surprised to feel her heart swell at the sight of him. It really had been a long time. Look at you, my big brother, she said as they hugged. He nearly lifted her off her feet. Did you get my birthday card? he asked. She smacked him playfully on the chest. I did. Thanks for remembering this year. Once a decade, he teased. The door opened again, and they both turned to see her mother admit Father McHugh. He was dressed in his full uniform, too. Bill sobered and looked down at her. How are you feeling, he asked. I'm fine, Scully said, ducking the question. Let's get some dinner, okay? Bill followed her to the table and took a seat next to her. Mom wasn't sure you'd be able to make it tonight, he said. She told me you're still working pretty hard. 
His tone was a strange kind of steely concern. I'm working the same as usual, Scully answered. Dana, I really think. Bill didn't get to finish his thought, though, because Father McHugh took a seat on the other side of Scully. Dana, he said warmly, it's so good to see you. Scully favored him with a tight smile. And you, Father. I hope you've been well. I have. Thank you. Her mother reappeared then with the roast in hand. Everyone at the table praised its look and savory smell. But Mrs. Scully brushed off their comments. Before we begin, she said, I believe there's something Bill wanted to share with us. Bill's news, Scully remembered. She sneaked a sideways look at her brother and saw he was flushed with pride. In a flash, she guessed the news. Bill rose with his glass in hand. I better get it out before Mom beats me to it, he said with a chuckle. Tara and I are expecting a baby in December, a boy. Loud congratulations echoed through the room as everyone got up to hug Bill. Her mother was practically bouncing with joy. Scully's feelings were muted, confusing. Bill and Tara had wanted this for a long time, and she was happy for them. But a strange ache gripped her stomach. She managed a wide smile as she hugged her brother again. That's wonderful news, she told him. Please tell Tara how happy I am for you. He squeezed her hard. You'll have to come out and visit. See the baby. The ache rose to her throat. I'd like that. When the phone rang for her after dinner, she knew immediately who it was. The frown lines on Bill's forehead said he knew, too. She took the receiver from him. Hello? Hey, Scully, it's me. Sorry to interrupt your dinner. No? Is something the matter? I need your help with something. A guy named Arlinsky from the Smithsonian has contacted me about something he found on a mountain in Canada. What? I don't want to get into it over the phone. I need you to come down to the Smithsonian and meet me. Bill frowned and walked off. Scully sighed. I'm on my way. Arlinsky turned out to be a man with quite a story. He showed them slides of what appeared to be a frozen alien corpse buried long ago in the side of a Canadian mountain. I know what your first thought was, he said. But the St. Golis Range? That's a long way to go for a hoax. If you're going to go, why not go all the way? Mulder asked. I thought that myself, Erlinski admitted. But the ice core samples can't be faked. You have the ice core samples here? Scully asked. He rose and went to the freezer. One taken from each side of the body, with seven layers of sediment intact. It is my sincere belief that what we have there is the complete corpse of an extraterrestrial alien entity. Scully took the winding marble steps at such a clip that Mulder had to hurry to keep pace with her. You think it's foolish, he asked. I have no opinion, actually. You have no opinion? This is your holy grail, Mulder, not mine. She stopped suddenly and turned around. Foolish seemed too mild a word. Erlinski, by Mulder's own admission, had been involved in one alien hoax already. What's that supposed to mean? It just means that proving to the world the existence of alien life is not my last dying wish. How about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? This is not some selfish pet project of mine, Scully. I'm as skeptical of that man as you are. But proof? Definitive proof of sentient beings sharing time and existence with us? There is no greater revelation imaginable. No greater scientific discovery. You already believe, Mulder. What would proof change for you? 
If someone could prove the existence of God, would that change you? Only if it had been disproven. He fixed her with a hard stare. Then you accept that the belief in God could be a lie. I don't think about it, actually, and I don't think it can be proven. But if it could be proven, wouldn't that be knowledge worth seeking? Or is it easier going on believing in the lie? Scully hesitated and then allowed herself to admit the hard truth at the crux of their argument. I can't go with you, Mulder. It wasn't even the treatment schedule. That was the real problem, though that certainly entered into it. She was tired. Mulder's answers weren't going to help her, and she didn't have the energy to spare for more searching. With each passing day, she grew more certain that the X-Files were not going to contain her salvation. She stayed on the staircase and listened to the sound of his retreating footsteps echo off the marble. Mulder had his truths, and she had hers. They just couldn't look for them in the same place anymore. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.